so much for your kind words. Uh, today, really be exciting because the topic itself is rock bangers. So everyone, I'm sure, is ready to rock with the ideas what the book has to share and the kind of different stories were there by Mr. Amir Prabhu himself. During pandemic, of course, every one of us has evolved differently, and so has he, I believe, because he has written this book during the lockdown period. And the inspiration where it comes from and all of the things, I would like him to start with the first thing. Where does this book title come from, Rock Bowers? Thank you, thank you for having me, and uh, really nice to be back in Nagpur after many years. And uh, first thing, I would like to thank the organizers of the Orange City Lit Fest, as well as all of you who've come here today for having me. And it's a great honor to be back in the tiger and orange capital of the world and also the center of our great nation. So, really, an honor to be here. Uh, uh, just to answer your question, uh, so the, the, the book is actually a book of nine short stories, and uh, each story is based in a particular part of the world, we have stories based in India, we have stories based in Colombia, we have stories in Nepal, which is the Rock Babas, Japan. And uh, so the Rock Babas is one of the stories. And uh, it's basically a story of Aces Hotelia who gets lost in the Himalayas while climbing the Kanchanjunga. And then he wakes up and he's rescued by a bunch of, uh, like, a, like a, uh, a group of rock music playing holy men called the Rock Babas. And, uh, Rest of the story is how he uh, evolves with them, how he grows as a person, how he grows as an individual. In a way, it's his metamorphosis that that we uh, uh, you know detail in the story. But the, so the rock babas are a, I, mean, I hope they exist somewhere. There are a secretive uh, bunch of uh, rock music playing uh, babas, I would say, up in the Himalayas on Kanchanjunga, and uh, the story is about them and, and, and his and his uh, growth with them. And I love the titles of the rock babas. So hence I decided to call the book The Rock Babas and Other Stories because uh, I thought that it's, it's a good, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a cool name, I would say. That's a lot to, uh, there's a lot I'm sure to share from the book. And uh, this lockdown has uh, definitely made people uh, speak their heart out. And this Rock Baba was somewhere already in your hearts or it just, Came out of like you know nothing. So, so I've always uh, been a writer. You know, back in school, uh, I've had a play which I directed. I have, if you just look online, you'll see I have articles published in the Half Post, in Quint, and this. I mean, that's more fiction. If you see uh, stuff on uh, Business Today, etc., would be more on the economy and stuff. So, I've always been a writer. I wanted to write a book, but I'm sure among the students there are a lot of budding authors and writers. That's why you've taken your Sunday out. And to come to a lit fest, instead of to be honest, I really admire all of you. Take a Sunday out and listen to various authors speak at a lit fest. And um, no, because people are often ask me, what is the trick to writing? And according to me, writing is maybe twenty percent talent and eighty percent discipline. So you actually need a lot of discipline for you to sit down, write, actually focus on you know doing a book. And uh, to be honest, I also run a business. I run a financial services business. And uh, so, uh, you know, I really need a lot of time to write a book. So it's always been in the works. I've always wanted to write a book. I was keen to write it, but I've never had the time. So the lockdown, in a way, a lot of us became home bakers. A lot of us, you know, started making banana bread. Others were, you know, I, I also heard of someone who made homemade beer. And uh, I, I, luckily, they did not, uh, you know, it was not so bad. 
But uh, I think the real key of at least, so I chose to be an author. I chose that I wanted to take this time out and fulfill a lifelong dream of having my book. So I worked towards it and uh, as I said, it's 80% is real sheer discipline that you need to write so many words in such a period of time. And uh, so any of you, I think anyone can become an author, but just be ready for the long hard grind of writing. And, uh, and it takes, I mean, I have almost 100,000 words, if one lakh words, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of effort to write, I must admit. But I mean, I'm very happy that, that I did it. I'm sure that we'll be interacting with him with a lot more questions, but I have already. But I would request all the audiences to be prepared with their questions. And probably can search for the book itself and ask the questions once. Uh, like, I, I tried to finish with my uh, discoveries with him today. Uh, so, the uh, book has at least nine stories into it. So, do you want it to restrict it to nine stories, or there like some more coming up in the coming days? Uh, so, you know, uh, I consider nine to be a very lucky number. So when I was writing the stories, I initially thought I'd write 10. And uh, because you know, I wanted it to be novel length, so I mean, you need to have a certain length on the book. So uh, the idea was to write, uh, so I have maybe 25 ideas for stories. I still have a lot more. But uh, and I probably think of some idea and I jot it down and I write it. But uh, I think the uh, idea was that, you know, uh, maybe I used the number and actually shortlisted 12 ideas. So I was thinking of writing either 10 or 12. But when I wrote the ninth story, I just felt right. I felt the book was the right length, right size. I conveyed what I wanted to convey. And uh, so it just felt right. So that's when I said, you know, let's let, let me and uh, let me let now hold that this is this is the right size of a book. So that's why there are nine short stories. Each short story, as I said, is unique. Uh, maybe we can, if people are interested, uh, we can even discuss some of the stories and what they have. So uh, let's say the first. Uh, story in the book, not the first one I wrote, but the first one, the way the book reads, it's called The uh, Accidental Philanthropist. And the story starts off with a Japanese billionaire who is very, very rich, but not very light. So he's wealthy, but not popular. And he also estranged from his daughter. He's, you know, he's a very lonely man. And he's turning 75, so he decides to throw a big party for his uh, 75th birthday. And he does a routine health checkup. And during this health checkup, it turns out that the doctor comes and tells us that his name is Watanabe-san. That Watanabe-san, I'm very sorry, but I have to break the news to you that you're very ill and you're going to die very soon and uh, I'm really sorry. So then this is like a life-changing exchanging experience for the guy, right? So he's like, from being this, you know, because most of us, you know, if you read the, uh, one of the stories in the Panchachatra, it's, you, someone asked, it's called uh, Yudhishthira at the lake. And uh, the Yaksha asked Yudhishthira that what is the greatest miracle on earth? And uh, Yudhishthira says the greatest miracle on earth is that we see people dying all around us every day, but we think we live forever. And that is the greatest miracle on earth. And so same thing goes with Patanabhisan. He always thought that he would live forever. So he was faced with this diagnosis that he's terminally ill. He decides to uh, you know make amends. So he throws a big party for his 75th birthday. He writes to his daughter that you know please come. And everyone who's from Japan is there. And then at this party, he announces that he's giving his entire fortune to charity. So suddenly he's a hero. You know, suddenly his daughter and him are like happily back together. He's spending time with his grandparents, her grandchild. He's like Japan's equivalent of time man of the year. Sorry, he's Japan's equivalent of time man of the year. 
He's a social media star. He's on Snapchat, on Instagram, everywhere. Everybody loves him. So things are going great for Vatana Besan for once in his life. So for the first time, not only is he successful, he's also very loved. And then the doctor calls him and says, I'm so sorry, Vatana Besan, but I actually mixed up the reports. And it turns out you're very, very healthy. You're going to live till 100. So I'm really sorry. So now he's furious because suddenly he's going to live forever and he doesn't want to give his money away. He wants all the money he gave to charity, he wants it back. So uh, the rest of and of course, if he does that, he's going to again betray his daughter, right? The one that he finally got back with. So the rest of the story is about his, you know, how he, his journey. What does he choose? Does he choose wealth or does he choose being loved? Does he choose, again, this material wealth or does he choose, you know, family life? So, and I mean, all of us face these dilemmas, right? So the story, if you see the stories, one of the reasons I set them up all around the world in Japan and Colombia and the US. Again, speaking about the local cultures, a few of the themes which I wanted to say that all of what these characters go through is nothing new. It can happen to any one of you. It can happen to all of us. And the idea was to set them up in different regions, different cultures, different religions, is to actually ultimately show that we are all human. You know, ultimately, we are all human, we are all the same. You know, in India, we say we are from Nakhmo, Vidarbha, Konkan, Delhi, Gujarat, ultimately we are all the same. So similarly, that's the theme that I wanted to break out through my book. And hence, a lot of people ask me why the characters based all over the world and that's the reason. So, uh, so the accidental philanthropist, because he is the accidental philanthropist, is I would say one of my favorite stories in the book. It's the first story. And uh, similarly, that's, that's how the stories were titled. I always, I mean, the, the idea we came from uh, thinking that, you know, if you see this, you know, Warren Buffett gives away so much money, Jeff Bezos gave away so much money. So I also always think that what if they want it back? You know, what if they regret giving away the money one day? And that's how the story evolved from, from that. And similarly, each story has a certain root or a certain thought from which it has evolved. And today it's an anthology of nine short stories. Uh, and I said, I consider, I was born also at 9 or 9 a.m. So I consider 9 to be a very lucky number. So that's why we stuck to 9. So it's a roundabout answer to a very simple question. But uh, thank you. The first story itself is so impressive. I'm sure every one of us will now be very careful, especially when going to doctors and checking our reports. I'm sure a lot of people have got fake COVID. Right? They can correct COVID reports as well in the last week. I have so many friends who got antigen was positive, RT-PCR was negative. So I guess one thing which all of us know after COVID is that please be careful of the report you are getting and always do another test. Because you never know if it's correct or not. This definitely gives us more clear ideas to how interesting other stories would be in the book. Anything which is your favorite part of the book? Uh, you know, I think, to be honest, the favorite part of the book was actually the journey writing it. You know, because I, I learned so much about myself while writing the book. I, you know, I learned, and again, and as I said, this wisdom that I'm sharing that um, is 20% talent, 80% discipline actually came out of because it's very romantic, right? I want to write a book, I want to make a movie, I want to do a painting. And I think the hard work that goes behind it, you know, I mean, even a photographer who says a lot of hard work that he has to do to, you know, ensure. So anything that is creative, anything that is talent, is a lot of work behind it. So I think for me, it, I grew a lot as a human being while writing the book, and I think that for me was great. And in terms of stories, honestly, like I think all of the stories are cool. I do hope 
least one or two of them in the future can be made into a web series or a movie. And uh, maybe the Rock Babas, maybe the accidental philanthropists. That's that's the aim, and it's 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 been written quite descriptively so that people can also envision or imagine that. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, I don't really have a favorite story to be honest. Uh, but uh, if you ask me which one do I tell you towards, there is a story called Manifestation of Anpao, which is uh, Anpao is it's, it's basically it's a story based in the U.S. Uh, Anpao is the Native American god of dawn, so it's both night and day, and it's a story about an actor who think of say uh, a Heath Ledger or closer to home, an Amir Khan, an actor who goes so deep into his character that he can't get out of it. So he actually starts becoming that character, and it's also the way my own. I don't know how much, how many of you have read uh, Robert Louis Stevenson's uh, *The Strange Case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde*, which was one of my favorite stories growing up. So it's in a way my own to that story as well. Um, and again, I wanted to explore you know, with what happened with the Heath Ledger after *The Dark Knight*. That I also felt he became so deep into that character, which was a very dark, screwed-up character, but also very relatable for him. So it was in a way my own to that. So and I think it really explores the dark side of humanity because I believe that all of this, like fire, right? Fire can be used to cook foods. Fire can be used to make steel, which is the strongest thing in the world. But fire can also burn down our house. Similarly, our mind is the same. Either we can use our mind for positive, we can use our mind for good, we can do good for the world, good for nature, good for people, or we can use it negatively. So that's why the book was actually. It's, it's it's all of us are good and bad in us, right? Each and every every one of us. It's only the question of which, as 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 a Native American proverb proverb says, it's about there are two wolves in, inside all of us. One is good, one is the good. One is positive, one is happy. The other is ego, negativity, etc. And then ask which wolf wins. He says the one you feel. So similarly, the one that we the side of us that we let blossom. And I think that's that's the message. Right? Let, let's focus on positivity. Let's focus on doing good. Let's focus on actually making a positive change, leaving this world a better place than we came into. And I think that was the story which I'm trying to convey. So in a way, I think that does have a lot of resonance above and beyond just a simple piece of literature. So maybe I would say I'll tilt towards that story, but I don't really have a, a favorite as such. Normally, when you speak to authors, they would like to speak their heart out. So while writing, I'm sure when you read the book. You will get to know that the stories are really short one, the more crisp one. So is it like you purposely did it, or it's like you restricted your heart uh, to, uh, to? You know, uh, the words. Yeah, I would. Mean, I, I think everyone in the audience, we have a primarily young audience. Yeah, I think everyone would agree that today's attention span is very short. You know, because one hour of reading is difficult to do. Forty minutes of reading, so a whole book to read, a whole novel to read. Who will read a crime and punishment of Dostoevsky thousand word kitab today? Right, it's very difficult. It's difficult for me, and I'm a reader. You know, so I think the idea was the stories were based for the modern reader. I wanted the stories to not be more than thirty pages long. You can read, you can read one on a flight. You can read one, you know, on an evening. Most people can read it over a couple of hours. If you're an avid reader, maybe three hours if it's longer. And the next story is not connected to the previous story, so you can then. Pick it up and read it whenever you want again. You know, season two, technically season one is over. You know, that was the idea. So I think the modern reader is one who doesn't have the time, honestly, to be able, or more importantly, the attention span to read an entire novel. So the idea was to give them short snippets. That's why movies today don't do as well as a web series. 
Manuals on medicine. If you're an economist, you have to read about you know all sorts of like kind of origin auctioneer and all sorts of stuff. So when it comes to something you want to have fun with, read it in short doses. You know, so that that was the idea. It was a conscious decision to focus on short stories. And I'm I mean I've got good feedback, so I guess it was the correct decision. And again, there are people people like P20 people like now test cricket also. You know, I think uh, my uncle would agree that test cricket is the best. But you know, but I think ultimately there's a market for everything. I'll keep on continuing with my questions, but if in the audience anyone has any questions, they're not related to book only because Amaya is a person to learn from. He comes from a background which is really huge and still is so humble and kind to speak uh, with such uh, humility and uh, kind words like for everyone. So, anyone has any questions in between? So, uh, Amaya, any other questions? I have a simple question for you. Who are your favorite authors or writers, and which book you you are influenced by most? Oh, so you know that's a very good question. I think uh, you know I'm someone who likes to read diverse stuff. You know, so when I was growing up, I used to love reading uh, a lot of stuff on, uh, uh, like for example, I loved Franz Kafka. I really liked Albert Camus. I I I loved a lot of these existential authors. I went to that phase. I mean. I guess my favorite author depends on which time of my life you talk about, right? I think when I was even younger, I used to love Sherlock Holmes. So I thought there was no better author in the world than Arthur Conan Doyle. Then, as I grew older, I started reading different things, you know. So I love Kurtz of South Africa. I also started reading a lot of actually I started reading a lot of non-fiction. So I started reading a lot of history. And even right now, if you ask me the book I'm reading, it will not interest 99.999 percent of the world. It's the ancient history of Mongolia from the 580 to now, and which is very interesting because you know when you read history, you learn a lot about humanity. Like for example, we know about Chinggis Khan, but Kabul Khan was his great grandfather, and the word Kabul, which is today the capital of Afghanistan, is nothing to do with an Afghan name or nothing to do with a, even a Persian name. It's actually a Mongol name. Who are animists? They used to worship nature. So it's now like the the etymology of names. It's what really interests me as well. So I read a wide variety of things. I mean, if you see. These days, you know, George R. R. Martin is all the uh, you know rage, and I love his work. I think it's phenomenal what he's done as well. So, I think I have always, I think the advantage. I've always liked to read from a wide array of people. I mean, there were a, I mean, I even love Amish, for example, Amish Tripathi. What he did with his books, I think Amish is a friend. He's also we share the same publisher, and I think he's a phenomenal author. I mean, he's created an entire. Genre on his own, the mythology as to for it to be. So I think it's a phenomenal author. If you read some of the, uh, uh, if you read some of the, even even couple of the Pakistani authors are very good. You know, if you read like say the case of exploding mangoes, which is a great. So I think the great thing about literature is you learn a lot about the country. You learn a lot about the, the people. Uh, I used to love reading ancient texts. Like I used to love reading Odysseys. I used to also write to read. I read the Kalidasa, which was again amazing. So Kalidasa's book. So I think it's 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 amazing what you can achieve by uh, and again the one good thing about literature again is 
it's I mean it's timeless, right? I mean if you ask me the you can read a three thousand year old book today, which I think very few things can achieve that what art and literature can. You know, human beings have a very short span of life, but even if you look around you, the artifacts which were built in the past, the so I mean I, I think it's, it's it's I think you should read what gives you inspiration, and I think at different points in my time that inspiration has varied. So right now, if you ask me, I'm reading a lot of history, you know, a lot of history, a lot of economics. I, I shouldn't say that as a fiction author because I write primarily fiction, but uh, I'm reading that, and uh, I'll probably just start a, uh, another book next week. But uh, yeah, that's thank you. Anyone else? Any questions? You can ask anything. I'm sure like you're a curious person. You can answer any questions. Probably. You can ask for that for lunch if you want to. <laughs> The answer is nothing, but anyway. Coming from you know, when you have studied finance and management and also finance uh, as a profession, uh, what made you not write about finance or inspiration? Because you have written this book during COVID and there is people who are struggling for finances and earnings. So, something happened. You know, so uh, uh, I think, uh, so to be honest, I like to put my life in different buckets. So I have a work bucket and I have a creative bucket. So I try not to mix the two. Uh, I do write on finance and economics from time to time. So I've written for the business today. I've written uh, for the Quint. I've written for some of the various publications on on uh, the budget and stuff. But I don't know if I really see myself writing a book on finance. I I, I don't you know because I think there are you know to be able to write a book on finance, you need to be a PhD or an authority on finance. You need to be someone who can, uh, uh, I think, I think you need, there are far more better qualified people in this world who can write on finance and economics than I am. There are some phenomenal, uh, you know, economists uh, in this world. But I think what I do see myself writing in the non-fiction side is, I do want to write more on history. I think that interests me a lot. And uh, so I, I might consider writing something there or maybe something to do with economics and history because I think to learn the economic history of the world is also very important. I mean, if you look at India, of the last, I'm only because we are a very ancient country, but even if you only look at the last 2000 years, for almost 1700 years, we've been the largest economy in the world, first or the second, along with China. So when I used to go, I speak on a lot of global forums, so they used to say that, what do you think of India as an emerging economy? I said, we're not emerging, we're re-emerging. You know, we are just coming back to what is rightfully ours, because we've, because the West has a very short viewpoint. They're very narrow, very, you know, I mean, they only look at the last 300 years. Because, I mean, the Americans look at it because that's where they were formed. But if you look at, and, and 2000 years is very short for India. You know, if you really think about it, we are a you know, 10, 10,000 year old nation. But even, two, even, even like really narrowing it down to 2000 years. And when you narrow it down to 2000 years, you don't even include Chandragupta Maurya, you don't even include Ashoka, you don't even include Samudra Gupta, and all of those. Things which is you know which is again that time India was one of the global centers of learning and economy. So I want to write more, and I think there's a great author that we have called Sanjeev Sanyal who wrote a couple of very interesting books. He wrote a book on uh, uh, on the Indian Ocean and the history of the Indian Ocean and the economy, and he also wrote a book called The Land of Seven Rivers. Again, it was called the History of India's Geography, but as a byproduct, you have economics or economy and uh, related to that. Great books. I would highly recommend you read it because. You learn so much about your own country, which again has been distorted with time. As Winston Churchill once said, in history, he who is left is right. So, and I think that's the thing with history, right? So I think it's very important to you know have a very strong perspective. So 
I do see in the future writing something on history from a, I would say not just an Indian perspective but from an Asian and African perspective because we've not had so many of our authors write history our way without actually being I would say having a bias of say of, of the West. So I think it's important to do that. Uh, he is a person who comes from a finance background, writing about fictions and aspiring to write about history. Something more about the culture of India also will be. So, you know, whenever I, if you, even if you read my short stories, whenever I write a story about any place, be it India, or within India, again, India is very broad, right? I mean, Vidarbha itself has such a deep history, and if you think about it. But what I do is, whenever I write about any place, I focus on four very important elements of that place. One is the geography of that place, it's very important. So even if you see the Rock Babas, it focuses a lot on the place called Tapli Ganj in Nepal, and that's where the uh, base camp walk starts towards Kanchanjunga. So throughout that region, there are Kirati people there, there are Limbu people there. These are all indigenous people of that area. They also are on our side of the border in Sikkim and in uh, northern Bengal in Darjeeling and uh, in that area, Burkhaland as you call it. So, one thing is I focus on the geography. Second is I focus on the culture. I also focus a lot on the indigenous people of that area, which are very important because I think it's very, very important to respect not just the indigenous people, but their culture and their ways and belief, and also the history of that place. So I think not just India, wherever I write about, it could be Nepal, it could be uh, not just Nepal, it's Eastern Nepal, it could be Japan, it could be Colombia, it could be the US because the entire story is on Native Americans, you know, which are the Cheyenne, which is one of the uh, Native American tribes, and the Sioux and the Cheyennes who are the Apache. So I did a lot of research on these on these Native Americans who, as we all know, after the colonization of the US by uh, 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 people from Western Europe, 90% uh, of these people were wiped off. You know, it was, if you ask me, one of the largest. Uh, unsaid genocide in the history of the world and I think it's very important again to focus on these people because I think one thing I would like to also do through literature is give voice to people who don't necessarily have a voice. I mean, say for example, and for instance, you spoke about culture. Now let's say the, which is the highest mountain in the world, right? If you ask anyone out here, including everyone who's in Mount Everest, and but Mount Everest was only named in 1880 by after the founder of the Topographical Society of India. So, you know, Mr. Revenus. But for thousands of years, the Tibetans of that area have been calling it, you know, uh, the, the, the local name of, you know, of, of, of Mount Everest. So, why should we go and call it, you know, why should we go and call it Everest, whereas you could actually call it, you know, by the name that has been referred to it for uh, ages? You know? And uh, so, so, that, so, again, when you spoke about culture of a region, I think uh, we always want to, I mean, similarly, I saw that in, in Africa, like you have a lake called Lake Victoria, which as various names in the local languages of the area. Let us call it that, right? You know, like we went to Victoria Falls, which is known as Jose Ortunia in the local language. But again, everybody calls it Victoria Falls. So I think it's very important to focus on the culture of that region, wherever you are in the world, and give respect to that culture. Rather than us going and imposing our culture on others, let us learn from each of these beautiful, various, diverse cultures that exist and learn from them. Because I think that's the way we can really, really create a very cohesive society. Yeah. Something from this book which suddenly came into my mind was dog lovers are the ones which are imaginary characters which started to when this monster went up. And uh, they used to connect with God and... Uh, but in the book they are not imaginary, they are actual, they are like a work of fiction. But they used to yeah. uh, 
just believe that something of that name existed. So does Amaya as well has something of this kind of in them, like you know, when he gets connected with uh, with uh, like, you know, the extra energies, like you know, which inspires him to write or something. Yeah, so I mean, to be honest, I think uh, so. The Rock Baba, is, you know, as many as this, when he wakes up in this cave uh, 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 on Kanchanjunga, there are secretive uh, bunch of monks who play rock music and connect with the higher energy. And I think, I think, you know, it's, it's very interesting. So I meditate twice a day. I meditate in the morning and in the evening. And for me, that's my way to detach and my way to, I would say, connect with the energy that surrounds us. Uh, I also write, so when I write, I actually also feel connected, and and I see that a lot in artists. Or, or actually, if you ask me, a, uh, if you ask me a chef who's very good at what he does, who's a phenomenal British chef, that's his way of connecting with the energy there is. There is an artist who is, or maybe some people do it through running. So I think my thing is find something you love to do. It could be anything, you know. It could be absolutely anything. It could be even teaching economics at uh, you know. Uh, University, you know. I think it could be anything, but I think connect with what you love to do, connect with whatever art you have, and I think that's how that's your platform to connect with the energy that exists around us. Because you know, I think that's at least for me that's personally very important, and I've always had the greatest creative inspirations when I've been in that zone. So uh, I think it, I mean for me, it's meditation really changed my life, uh, so as writing. But again. People don't have to, others can do whatever. Find what you love, do it with 100% passion, and you will elevate yourself to a different uh, level. You know, that's, that's something which I have personally experienced, and uh, you know, it's, it's been something which uh, would be great for me. Not, but still, the time restricts us. Uh, anyone has any questions, please come up. There are a few questions. Uh, is there a mic? So, someone can or just. But I was going to say you can just be loud, but I think mics are better. So you said that uh, writing a book is 80% uh, discipline and 20% talent. So one day I would like to write a book of my own. So my question is, what were the difficulties that you faced while writing this book and how did you overcome Well, I hope that one day comes soon to start with and you, you write. Uh, uh, you know, the greatest difficulty in writing a book is about what do I write? You know, that is if you ask me, it's, it's with everything in life, right? I mean, after all you guys pass out of college, the greatest difficulty will be what do I do with my life? You know, where do I So, finding that path is very difficult. And once you are on that path, it becomes a lot easier to, I would say, travel that path. Because there will be difficulties on that path, you will fall, you will stumble, there will be thorns, but you will walk because you know which path to go on. That. So, I think the first step towards writing something is thinking about what am I going to write about? Is it fiction? Is it non-fiction? If it is fiction, is it a novel? Is it a play? Is it a short story? So I think choosing that is the first step. Once you're on that, which is the broader way, or maybe another way to start it is, what is the theme I want to write about? You know, do I want to write about my life, my journey? Do I want to speak about a theme? And once you've chosen the theme, you choose the medium. Once you've chosen the theme and the medium, I would say 80 percent, 50% of your work is done because at least you know which path to walk on. Challenges will be many, you will have writer's blocks, you will be stuck. If you ask me, one thing which I will advise everyone is, once you have finished, you, you will have a couple of iterations of your book, you will read it, you will have edits, etc. Don't overdo it. Every time I read my book, I stop reading my book actually. 
But every time I read my book, I want to change something about it. Every time. There's something in the story I want to change, something in the plot I want to change. I want to use a different word. So, as a writer, your book will never be perfect. You know, and I, it'll never, I mean, I'm sure five years from now, the reader actually want to change something about it, right? But so I actually, one day I said, okay, this is driving me crazy, let me stop. But also today it's very easy, right? Because Kindle editions can be changed immediately. I can just call my publisher and be like, change these four things and it gets changed on Kindle. And the next reprint is changed again. It's not like the good old days where there was a manuscript which you had to uh, continuously keep. So I think it's important to, and again, there's a lot of, the writer's block is a big problem. If you want to finish your book in a specific period of time, which I did, uh, you have to be disciplined in terms of doing it. And uh, but again, the biggest, most difficult part is deciding what to write about. So I think you should ideate about that. And once you, and again, my th other thing is, if you feel maybe a couple of months into writing it, that you want to choose a different path, that's totally okay. But I think it's important to start. You know, and I think as you start, you also learn a lot about yourself. And I hope in a few years you'll be here at Orange City Lit Fest speaking about your book and I'll be in the audience and hopefully I can ask you a question about it at that time when I come. Thank you. How do you choose your characters? Uh, are they inspired by real people or are they imaginary going together? It's, it's a mix, if you ask me. Uh, there is some inspiration of real people. Uh, it's, again, they are fictional versions of real people. So, for example, if you see uh, the uh, manifestation of unpower that I spoke about. Now, I really imagine what a character actor, what could happen to a character actor if he goes so deep into a dark character that he can't get up. Okay, now this is an imaginary concept. It's a mind playing on you, right? So, there maybe I was inspired by maybe what happened to Heath Ledger after the Dark Knight or what, say, a Daniel Day Lewis goes through when he does every movie. So, I think there was a bit of inspiration there. Uh, as I shared with you in The Accidental Philanthropist, I was like, all these guys giving away billions of their dollars. I was always thinking, what if somebody wants his back? So that's, again, it's not really inspired, inspired by someone, but there is a thought that sparks based on certain something you read or something that happens, right? As in, there's another character, there's another story called Memoirs of a Dictator, which is based in, uh, in Africa, and in a fictional African country called Swaganda. And the dictator is writing about his own memoirs. You know, so the idea was, everybody writes about dictators from their perspective. And I always thought that a dictator always thinks he's not doing a bad job. So I wanted to write from his perspective. So I wrote, and of course in the end, I was short uh, a couple of pages on a newspaper article that actually speaks about what the reality is. But of course a dictator thinks everything is done is right. He doesn't think he's done anything wrong, right? And it's important to also read that perspective. So that was like a mixture of say, Gaddafi, Idi Amin, Saddam Hussein. So I took like elements of a lot of these guys and created a brand new uh, character. So it's, it's a mix, you know, I mean, they're all fictional characters, but there's some inspiration, some characters are completely fictional, like the Rock Babas are a complete work of fiction, you know, in terms of, I do hope they exist somewhere in the Kanchanjaka on the Himalayas, but uh, you know, that's completely fiction. Thank you. I believe you had a question, Mark, you are, you are, there's a student, there's a gentleman there looking at the lady. Okay, sure, she can go, ladies first. Sir, my question is, uh, you are a writer as well as you own a company. So how do you balance your passion as well as your uh, livelihood? Because your passion doesn't give you bread and butter. Means like a guy in IT, he has to invest almost 15 hours a day. So how to manage the time for your passion as well as your job or anything? That, that's an excellent question. I think uh, everyone would dream that their passion becomes their job. Play cricket for India, or play football for your favorite club, or become an. I think that's 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 the dream. 
but you're right, uh, you know, passions very more often than not don't pay the bills. So uh, the honest answer is I don't balance it because I could only write the book when I was uh, in a lockdown and I had the time to write it. If you ask me to write the same book again today, it will take a lot more time and uh, I think uh, I would like to balance it. So I, I really would hope that, I, I, I hope I can give you this answer in some time because right now I have not figured out how to balance both because work is so busy. You know, especially like I run a financial services business and I have to travel a lot for work. I came here from Calcutta last night. I'm going to Mumbai tomorrow, and the work is so busy that it takes a lot of your time. So it's great to be able to do a class on a Sunday. And one good thing has been that because everything is digital now, it's a lot easier to balance because you know you can do a lot of events online. But I think it's it's, it's not easy. I, mean, I think if you really are passionate about something, you have because in life focus is very important. If you really want to excel in anything you do in life, you need serious amounts of focus. Otherwise, you will do everything half-hearted. So I think I was lucky I could focus on my book during the lockdown, and that's why I could get it out. If I, if it was today, probably would be very difficult. That's the honest answer. I mean, I hope uh, I know that is answer your question completely, but that is the honest answer. Sorry. Uh, I prefer that question, and I asked that. Uh, how many ways can you categorize the novel? Novel uh, like or novel on a particular person who is already part of it, novel on a social, uh, any society, novel on a, a any particular uh, place. So, how many ways can you categorize the novel? Uh, this one is my first question. Second question. I don't understand your question. How do you categorize novel as a novel? Yes. How many ways how many can you categorize the novel? Novel, novel on a particular person, like any historical person, or any novel, or any any place, or any or any country, novel on a country, like you already told that Afghanistan, or any other The second question is if history also a book and novel is also a book. If you are writing novel on a particular person, who is a historical person. So, what, what is the difference between novel and history? Uh, the second question is a good question, I would say. Just to answer, I'll, I'll take your, you know, history very often is also a novel because a lot of history has been written, I would say, half fiction only. But uh, it's actually a very, very, I mean, I think you asked a very philosophical question, what you asked, because ideally, I mean, in, in an idealistic situation, a history should be a factual representation of what actually happened. And novel usually tends to be fiction, should be a fictional representation of what is the author's mind or what should be happening. Now in reality, history also becomes fiction only because as I quoted earlier, as Winston Churchill said, he who is left who is right, the one who wins the war writes the history, you don't really write it from the other person's perspective. So if you actually look at history, there's a lot of bias in history, you know, and uh, so if you ask me on a very fundamental level, a novel can be about anything. It can be about this. It can be about a country. It can be about a person. It can be about yourself. It can be about anything. Anything that strings the heart of your an author is, is a novel. History should ideally be a factual representation of what happened. But I think, given the way history is written in this world, including in our country, it is uh, very biased. So that's why it was a joke when I was saying that history also become fiction, become a novel. But uh, but ideally, in an ideal scenario, history is a factual representation of what happened, and a true historian should get multiple sources, multiple facts, speak to multiple people 
in order to get a good idea of what actually happened now. How do you do that for something that happened 1500 years ago? Impossible. So it's very difficult to have balance in history, but it's, it's, it's an attempt that an honest historian should have. And to answer your first question, I mean, I think I did, I think you can have a novel for about anything. I think a novel is whatever strings the heart of an author. And of course, the only thing is a lot of times the authors write things that nobody else in the world cares about. So I think secondly also what the people want to read, you know, I think if one writes about something which is very, very vague and I think it may not interest that many people because it's also important to get the publishers, books selling, it's also important to, you know, keep your ultimately uh, anything that is creative is it success or failure judged by the uh, the audiences or the you know the readers uh, feedback. Thank you. I think there was a question there from Kai then. <laughs> One more question. Sorry, yeah, please. So I would like to ask that since you are a writer, uh, can you suggest me any books about stock market? Because I am really interested in uh, the basics of stock market. I'll, I'll ask someone at my team to maybe give me your details. I'll ask someone who is more than me, and then they'll be. I don't think that, very honest, I don't think that much about the market. But I'll ask someone from. So give me your details. Do we invest? No, we do. We, do. we have a PMS business, we invest. But we don't read, I'll, I'll be honest with you, if I give you a recommendation, it may not be the right one. So I'll get someone to uh, uh, get to you. Just give me your details after this and get some. Any other questions or shall we? Uh, so, would you like to come uh, uh, with your or uh, something virtual form? What would be your comments for that? No, so I, I think I alluded to that in my, uh, when I was speaking, that Certainly would want, uh, I mean, the stories have been written in a way that it can be multiple uh, uh, media. So it can, this is, we've chosen one media which is print and which is uh, the book. I really see that this can definitely be in another platform such as a movie or at least some of the short stories, if not all. Like I think Manifestations of Anpao, Accidental Philanthropist, Rock Babas, maybe even Memoirs of a Dictator. Sorry, to a certain extent. And uh, I think all of them could potentially be made into a web series or a movie. So I think that's that's let's see that's the idea. We have to. A friend of mine was talking to me about it. I, I need to follow up on that. So let's see. Hopefully we can we can we can convert this into another medium. So uh, it has the potential. Let me let me put it that way. Of course we we'll have to expand it a bit because by definition these are short stories. So we we'll have to expand the material a bit. But I think we, we can definitely do that. Thank you. I'm sure there'll be a lot more uh, curious people out here who probably are not asking. I'm sure you probably search for them on social media and put up your questions in and I'm sure you'll be kind enough to reply to those. Uh, with this, I would like to say thank you for all the information you've given about your book and all the wonderful knowledge you've shared with us.
Rai Sung. A vision beyond.